Welcome to the weekly podcast of Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Reverend Andrea Davidson, pastoral assistant at Epworth United Methodist Church, spoke on Sunday, May 30th, 2010. Her sermon was titled, Dancing with God. Where do we find wisdom? The lectionary reading is Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4 and 22 through 31, and Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. There's a wonderful children's story that I'd like to share with you. It's about a young man named Alberic the Wise. Alberic was a young man who lived in a very small village, never left it and knew nothing of the world beyond it. One day an old stranger came to town and came with a huge sack on his back. Alberic, curious, came to this man and began to ask him questions. The old man told him stories of lands far away. For days later, Alberic could think of nothing but what lay beyond his small village. Eventually, his curiosity led him to give up the comfort of the familiar and to journey out beyond his village. He traveled and encountered a first city that was grander than anything he could ever imagine. This city was known for making stained glass. He thought beauty must be the essence of wisdom. So he became an apprentice and worked for an old man for two years doing everything that he told him to, learning all that he could about the craft of making stained glass. And finally the time came to show what he had learned and he worked meticulously to create a masterpiece. And when he was done, his creation was wanting. He decided, I'll never be good at making stained glass. So he left that city and he went to another. And this city was known for its masonry and creating and stone cutting. And he thought, well, beauty isn't everything. The essence of wisdom is utility. I'll make something useful. And so there he worked and learned to be a stone cutter. And when it came time for him to show the work of his hands, his work was left wanting as well, and he decided, I won't be a stone cutter. So he left that city and went to another, and there he decided, well, utility isn't everything. I'll create something original. And in this city, there were gold makers who made objects that were just magnificently beautiful. And he worked there and learned the trade. And there, when he tried to create, his work was less than perfect. And so he left that city as well and went from city to city, try after try, going around learning new trades, each ending up in the same way. Albert was old, and he finally found his way to the capital city. 
And there he rested outside the gates with a sack of accumulated items from his journeys on his back. Some young people came up to him and asked him, where are you coming from? And he began to share with them the stories of his journeys. And the next day, more people came out to come visit him. And after a while, the king came to see him and took counsel from him. He became, became known as Alberic the Wise. The king put him up in a castle and gave him servants and his fame spread abroad. But after the newness of his fame began to fade, Alberic began to doubt himself. No matter what anyone else thought, he knew he wasn't wise. However, the more he tried to disown his reputation of wisdom, the townspeople thought more of him. Alberic became more sad and less at ease with himself. Finally, to the surprise of everyone, he packed his bags, gave up his palace, his wealth, his servants, and his exalted position among the citizens of the town and headed on a journey for an unknown destination. Albert had discovered the one thing that was true wisdom for him. It is much better, he said, to look for what I may never find than to find what I really don't want. <laughs> we all, like Albrecht, are seekers of wisdom. And many of us, like Albrecht, find when we find what we think is the source of wisdom, we're only disappointed when the realities don't measure up to our expectation. We think we know what the right way is to go in, and we only sometimes end up frustrated when we turn around the bend. So where does one find wisdom? One might be led to find wisdom sequestered from the chaos of life in quiet meditation and very little stress. Others might be led to find wisdom on college campuses and universities where knowledge is celebrated and learning is encouraged. Surely wisdom might be found there. Some search in the plethora of self-help books and seek gurus out in, attempt to, in attempts to grasp wisdom. Where do we find wisdom? A clue, only clue, is given in our pericope this morning. The first part of Proverbs 8 tells us that wisdom is standing at the crossroads of the city, shouting at the top of her lungs for folks to heed her words of wisdom. Wisdom isn't passively waiting to be discovered by scholars or philosophers. Wisdom makes her way to the gates where all of the people are gathered. She isn't inaccessible only for insiders or those with proper credentials. Wisdom speaks to all who live, making herself accessible to everyone. Now when I hear this text, I think of Times Square in New York City or Market Street in San Francisco during rush hour. If wisdom can be found here, how can we possibly hear it with all of that noise? But our text doesn't stop here. In, ver in the verses that follow, wisdom speaks up. 
It may surprise many of us to hear that there was someone else with God at the time of creation. A woman someone. Woman wisdom. As Proverbs 8 describes her, she was present at the beginning. Perhaps this is a midrash on Genesis 1:26, where God says, let us make humankind in our image, male and female. Many Christians have wrestled with this text, interpreting woman wisdom as logos, or the Christ, the second person in the Trinity. However we read this text, what it does show us is that wisdom expresses itself in cooperation and connectedness with the creator. God doesn't create in isolation. God exists and creates in community. While this is Trinity Sunday, the Sunday after Pentecost, I will not go on a diatribe about the doctrine of the Trinity to confuse you um, except to explore this. What does it mean for God as creator, redeemer, and sustainer to be in community, to create in community? Early church father John of Damascus is responsible for naming the three in one as, per, um, excuse me, perichoresis. Perichoris is a Greek term that refers to the mutual coherence and indwelling of this confusing three in one. The, the term perichoresis um, comes from perichorio, which literally means to dance around, indicating the communal relationship of the trinity of a round dance. You can't have a round dance with only one or two people. You have to have at least three. Each person, presence, wisdom, power, womb of life, word of flesh, brooding spirit, however you might express it, relies on the other in the round dance, hands held in community, illustrating reciprocity, give and take, permeating, indwelling, mutual embrace. So God as three in one is a dancing community. In Proverbs 8, when wisdom is brought forth, this phrase can also be translated, according to Jeff Paschal, as whirl, dance, writhe. Here we imagine a joyous, dancing God who pours out overflowing gifts to all of creation with gladness. A joyful round dance of the divine, hands held in community. This same God invites each of us to dance, to join the dance of God. We're called to participate in the dance of divine love, the dance of creativity, the dance of healing, God's dance of justice, God's dance of freedom. And perhaps we can read Proverbs 8 as an invitation to make it a practice of paying attention and listening. For in our attentiveness, to the depth of the present moment, we find wisdom in the commonplace. We find God in community, wherever we may be, whatever we may be doing. The 
current ecological disaster in the Gulf has turned our attention to the fragile relationship of God's creation and has led us at least to reflect again on our wisdom or lack of wisdom as that we've shown in our technical expertise on behalf of our, our own hunger for more and more resources from the good earth. Trinity Sunday is a good time for us to stand still, at least for a little while, and perceive God's hand at work in creation in this beautiful but hurting world. Julie Poulter's eloquent words perhaps say it best. This is the truth of God. All of creation is a holy web of relationships, gifts meant for all, that creation vibrates with the pain of all of its parts because its destination is joy. Perhaps in remembering the story of Albert and his journey for wisdom, we might approach our own journeys in a different way. What if wisdom, unlike knowledge, is not a state of being or a destination at which one arrives? Rather, what if wisdom is like faith, merely bread for the journey, a companion for one's pilgrim walk? Writer Barbara Brown Taylor shares, wisdom isn't knowing what's right. Wisdom is gained by practicing what is right and noticing what happens when that practice succeeds and fails. Wise people do not have to be certain what they believe before they act. They are free to act trusting that the practice itself will teach them what they need to know. Wisdom atrophies if it is not walked on a regular basis. Maybe wisdom is not something we possess but something that possesses us, something that we live into as we risk dancing with God. Instead of finding wisdom, perhaps wisdom is something that finds us. Holy One, what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom, the disciple asked. And the Holy One answered, when you have knowledge, you use a torch to show the way. When you are wise, you become a torch. Those who are willing to dance with God down circuitous paths, wherever life steers us, become torches for others. The book of Proverbs reminds us that life is a series of unending changes, bred by demands in our present, nourished by our past, for the sake of the future. All of us who find wisdom, who, who, who want to find wisdom, follow God where God leads by paying attention and learning in the present moment, knowing that somewhere, finally, we will find fullness of life. Are you ready to dance with God? Amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of Upper United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Worship services are Sunday at 10 a.m. at 1953 Hopkins Street in Berkeley. 
childcare is provided during worship. Visit our website at www.epworthberkeley.org. <laughs>